and here we go. Ah, so grateful, so thankful for the love of God shining in our awareness. Grateful and thankful to open ourselves to unprecedented, unlimited life of love. We are grateful and thankful to remember the truth that sets us free. It liberates us from false beliefs, false identification. We are grateful to come together to celebrate our wholeness being revealed in our awareness. We are grateful that everything that God has to give us has already been given and we're making good use of it. We are answering the call and we are fulfilling our destiny. We are grateful and thankful that nothing has been withheld, nothing is uh, out of our reach for our healing, for our prosperity, for our wholeness, for our freedom, for our joy, for our beauty, for our magnificence and our creativity, all are being revealed to us. And we are sharing the benefits with the whole world. All beings benefit. We are grateful to bless our clients, to bless our community, and to know that we are blessed. So, so blessed. In gratitude, we accept all the blessings. We let it be, and so it is. Amen. 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 Yeah, so this is a time for you with any questions you have about yourself or your clients, uh, your business, spiritual practice, anything you'd like to ask uh, or share, any concerns you have, anything at all that you'd like to bring up. Oh, sorry, Marianne. I have so many questions, Jennifer, and I'm not going to take up everybody's time with all of my questions. But um, after reading Joel Goldsmith's book on the art of spiritual healing and in, in reviewing my notes from the intensive, is there a difference between spiritual healing and spiritual counseling, or are they one and the same? Yeah, that's a great question, Marianne. So yeah, they are different. So uh, spiritual counseling has an objective of spiritual healing. Uh, but counseling is a process of talking with someone and listening with, with someone. And healing can happen in uh, instantaneously, whereas counseling is something that takes place in time and space. Mm -hmm. yeah okay i and i was wondering um i was reflecting on on um the spiritual counseling community call last week and and kelly was sharing some of the 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 ways that she works with clients and um and i know she has a, a specific clientele that she works with um but she, she talked about taking notes on as she listens to the client of things that she wants to return to and um, drill down on any kind of like, I don't, I don't, Kelly could probably say what she said, any kind of distortions in their thinking that she might want to come back to later. And I'm finding that I cannot stay connected with spirit and hold in my heart the wholeness of the person I'm sitting with and also 
listen for that. I, I mean, there are things that I put my attention on, but I'm, I'm just, I'm just wondering if you have something to say about how, how, how do we direct our attention without engaging an analytical ego mind? Because I don't want to do that. I, I really, my first priority is to hold the perfection of the person I'm sitting with. Um, and I don't, I don't in any way want to let go of that. Yeah, that's so important for you to recognize, Marianne. And I, I haven't listened to that community call, so I, I, I don't know what Kelly said. But um, this, this is actually one of the themes of my podcast tomorrow. Uh, I'm referring to the section, The Unhealed Healer. And the title of my podcast this week is From Despair to Fulfilling Your Destiny. And one of the things that I'm talking about is uh, very much what you are bringing up there. And that is that the ego analyzes, but spirit doesn't need to do that. And so uh, one of the things that is... um, uh, that actually it says here, and I can share the screen. Um, uh, this section, uh, where is it? Here, uh, the unhealed healer. So, uh, saying here, Uh, Every healer who searches fantasies for truth must be unhealed because he does not know where to look for truth and therefore does not have the answer to the problem of healing. So that might, might not make sense right off the bat, but here's what Jesus is talking about. It's easier to discern if you're looking at the whole text, but it's also, it's, it's doesn't, Uh, It may not be clear to someone who's not really familiar with A Course in Miracles. So when you're searching fantasies for truth, you're asking, you're looking in the past, in the false beliefs for truth. Uh, If that's what you're doing, you're analyzing what you believed in the past, what you thought in the past, you're not going to find the truth there. One of the themes, my computer is heating up here. One of the themes of A Course in Miracles, of course, is that uh, the. Sorry, I'm just trying to uh, see if I can uh, shut some programs so my computer doesn't overheat. One of the themes in the course is that. This world is not real. Our experience here is not real. It's an illusion. So that's what he means when he says fantasies here. Every healer who searches fantasies, so experience in the illusion would be fantasies, must be unhealed because he does not know where to look for truth. And what Jesus tells us repeatedly is we don't have to look in the past for our healing. What we need to do is be willing to let go of the past in order to have the healing. 
Now he says here, there is an advantage to bringing nightmares into awareness, but only to teach you that they are not real and that anything they contain is meaningless. The unhealed healer cannot do this because he does not believe it. So it's, you know, it's, it, for most, everybody I know, except for maybe venerable, everybody I know goes through this thing of making the world real because it seems so real, feels so real. We've forgotten what real, our real, true reality is. And so, you know, this world is all we've known. So we say or think or believe uh, temporarily. And so we're, we're looking through the past to try to make sense of the present moment. But it's... It's not the fastest path to healing. The fastest path to healing truly, truly is, and this is the point of my podcast tomorrow, is to say, I am no longer interested in the delusions. I am interested only in that which is real. I'm interested in understanding my perfection, my wholeness. I'm interested, rather, not in understanding it, but recognizing it, feeling it, and, and being so clear about it that nothing else makes sense to me. So, and that is something that is going to happen through uh, our connection to spirit, to the I Am Presence, to our holiness, the Holy Spirit. And so when we're the two or more who are gathered, it's easier. It's easier. If someone else is sitting there with us knowing it, it's easier for us to know it. And so that's why we gather together, to, to be around people who really know it, not just know about it, but actually are living it and experiencing it. And so our willingness to give up our attachment to, uh, like people mentioned to me, that I, I guess it was last week in my podcast, I said, you know, be aware. Are you trying to have a better dream or are you trying, are you waking up? You know, which is it you're interested in? Having a more comfortable dream or letting go of attachments to the dream? And that's a bold leap for people for whom these things don't seem like reality, they seem like concepts. So, because um, concepts aren't real. And, um, but heaven is real, and heaven is in our mind, and we can get there and live there today. And this is why I talk about how I used to be so miserable, but now, for many years now, I've been mostly peaceful. And in fact, one of the things I have to be aware of is when I'm talking with friends and, and, and whatnot is I, I'm such a storyteller, I will tell a story with lots of drama because it just makes it more interesting. And uh, I, from time to time when I do that, uh, uh, like with my prayer partners or whatever, I'll say, at the end of it, I'll say, now I actually don't have any of that emotion around it. 
but it just makes for a better story if I'm going, what the what? Why are they doing it that way? But really in my mind, I'm thinking, hmm, why are they doing it that way? But I, I forget all the time because I'm such a storyteller that I'm actually conveying this idea that I have all this upset when I really don't. I really don't. Mm -hmm. um, uh, it's just more fun to tell the story that way. So that's kind of a long way around. So um, when I'm sitting with a client, um, I, I've not been one to take notes. Um, and not that it's a bad thing at all, but I just, I don't, I, I wasn't, I haven't been guided to do that. If I were guided to do that, I would start doing it today. But I haven't been guided to do it. There have been many times in this session when I thought, oh, I wish I had written down what they said. But if I can't clearly remember it, I trust it's not for me to go back to. Why go back to it? Um, because to me, if I'm in that analytical mind thinking, oh, you know, I should have written that down so I could bring that up, then I'm in ego. I am not connected with spirit. I'm trying to do some kind of intellectual thing with my client. But if I can just stay in my heart, spirit will give me every question and every piece of information that I need. And my job is to trust that wholeheartedly because I am not looking for the solution for this client. What I'm doing is I'm holding the space for them to have their own realizations. Now, um, um, I have conversations with people on a regular basis where I'm pretty clear what's going on with them and what the patterns are in their mind, what the beliefs are. It feels really clear to me, you know, because we become very skilled at this kind of work, just the same way that uh, you could have bring in a plumber and you could say, this is the situation, no idea what's going on. And an experienced plumber would say, oh yeah, I've seen this before, this is what happens. And you're like, what? How did you know that? And it's like, because I'm a pro. I, I can see where the block is uh, because I know how to analyze these things. It's, Or I know how not to analyze it, but I, I know what's happening I, I, because I've experienced it before. So we can become the same way. And... But generally, I don't want to tell that to my client. I want them to find it for themselves because that's how they have a healing. And sometimes it can seem like you're sitting with a client for um, many sessions and the, the learning is going pretty slowly because that's the pace at which they are willing to accept the truth and let go of their interpretations of things. So I could just say, you know, here's the thing. This is what's going on. This is the pattern. This is how you break it. But if they're not recognizing, because I learned it, this, this is what I learned. I would do that with my early clients. 
And they would keep coming back and going, I, I don't know what to do. This is such a problem. I'm not, it's getting worse. It's not getting better. And I'd be like, you know, you just have to look at it this way and do these things. But they weren't willing to do those things. And they didn't, even if I said, whatever I said, I'd say, well, um, for instance, um, um, this is an example that I usually use in the intensive where um, I had a client come in that had been there like a month before because this is when I was seeing, I don't see clients a lot anymore because um, I'd like you to see them. <laughs> so I, I, I try to encourage that and discourage people from coming to me. But when I used to see lots of clients and I'd see them in my home, a client came and they had been there maybe a month before. And the month before, they had made a decision about how they were going to go forward, a commitment to themselves. And they were super clear on it, very excited about it. And so when they came back a month later, I said, as after the prayer, I said, so what's it like sitting inside that 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 commitment you know how's it been for you and they went um um commitment I said yeah you made a commitment when you were here last time and they said uh do you remember what it was I'm like yeah I do (laughs) I do and but they didn't you know, and they had their journal in their hand. They had written it down in their journal. So I said, go back and look in your journal. And then they did. And they went, oh, right. And it just went right out of their mind the minute they walked out the door. You know, because they it didn't really, um, they weren't really ready to keep that commitment. They weren't. So then we could work on um, that you know, becoming ready to keep that commitment and what would it mean and things like that. So we, for, you know, and that's why in Masterful Living, um, I my goal is to lead people to see it for themselves through doing the practices, taking out the trash, clearing the emotional clutter, Uh, Because until their mind empties with a lot of the distractions, they're not going to clearly see what the truth is. Because they're fixated on their interpretations of what's going on. And think of some realizations you've had uh, about your life where the lights kind of went on and you realized, oh my God. I am the one that is calling this into being. I'm the one. This is not happening to me. Think of times when you've had that kind of realization. And you're like, oh, and I've been blaming these other people for doing this stuff to me for so long. Oh, my God, it's totally, it's all my project. I've done, wow, okay. And then that's so meaningful. So helping people to get there. It, it, it's just, it's not going to happen if I just tell them. 
Your mind's not going to accept it. It's not even going to hear it. It's like the stories they tell of when the Europeans first came to uh, North and South America and the indigenous people couldn't even see the ships, the tall ships. They couldn't see them because they couldn't conceive of them. So they didn't weren't really in their, their understanding. Um, and if we're asking people to make a leap to where their consciousness is not, no matter what we tell them and how clearly we tell them, it's not going to land in them. They have to really come upon it themselves and have an aha. So that's why I quote so often uh, Ernest Holmes saying, healing does not take time. The only time it takes to have a healing is the time that it takes to have a realization. And a realization is not receiving information. It's the uh, what, what Jesus would call a miracle. So a miracle is when we have a realization of truth. And we are willing to let go of the ego thought that we have been clinging to, like holding onto a branch. We've fallen off the cliff, but we've grabbed onto a branch. We're willing to let go of that so that we can experience heaven instead of just hanging there from the side of the cliff. And so we have to make that that inner consciousness leap before the true reality is going to dawn in our mind. So we're not teaching people uh, with spiritual counseling, we're not teaching people to um, do tapping and things like that. Now, you can combine tapping with what we're doing. There's no problem with that. You know, can combine different modalities. But what we're doing is we're seeing the perfection and the wholeness in our clients. And so, and that is the healing mechanism that we're using. So we don't have to be spiritual detectives looking for the false beliefs. But when we see them operating in the person's consciousness, what we can know is that it's time to let that go. And that person is letting it go. And we can help them to come to it themselves. But just handing it to them, making a list, you know, kind of handing it to them, that that is not going to work. And I'm not saying that's what Kelly's doing, because I, I don't know. But... So for me, I have relied upon that person's uh, I am presence joined with mine. Not that they're separate I am presences, but I'm relying upon our divinity, our mutual divinity, to lead us and guide us and direct us. And so, like you're saying, Marianne, I don't think... I would get attached to coming back to something. So I've just learned if I'm to come back to something, spirit will take me there and it will be clear. So I, do, I don't have to make notes about that. And I do the same thing in class. So in class, I have a, a very clear outline for the class, but I'm not attached to it, right? The healed mind does not plan. 
So I'm not planning to get to certain things. But I'd like to. That's what I go into thinking I'd like to cover these things. And there are many times, many, many, many times in class, someone brings up a question and we just go totally sideways from where I thought we were going to go. But I trust that is spirit leading me. Because I know when someone is bringing stuff up in class that's a detour that's not going to be helpful. And I can feel the difference of when it is going to be helpful. So that's why for me it's learning to feel it. Now for some people it might not be feeling it. It might be knowing it. It might be some kind of auditory thing. It might be some kind of visual signs that you're getting. Um, because we experience our intuition differently. But for me, it's usually it's a, a, a sense, a, it, it's a feeling that I get. And um, it's not in my body, it's just, a, uh, it's not, um, yeah, it's in my energy field. And I can't even describe it, it's just a, I don't know if that answers your whole question there, Marianne. Feel free to have a follow-up. Well, that's 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 really helpful, Jennifer. Thank you. I I do have another question, but I want to be respectful that Kelly has a question for you. Sure. So I can you can come back to me if you'd like. Sure. Yeah, leave your hand up. Kelly. I have a different question, but just speaking to this, notes are semantic. Um, I don't sit there making like right, 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 but um, judgment and discernment are different things. So I think I have a great discernment. And so I'm writing down just little words that um, I don't want spirit is, spirit is saying this, so I don't want to let it get away. My mind cannot remember I know it's not about remembering, but I also know that these are some of these things, if we come around to them again, um, I might not talk about them again. It might go that way. But there might, as just a year one sometimes um, I'd like to do that in case we run out of talking points. And I know that Jennifer, she, she I've been in session with her. I don't know if you've been, but she talks to me and asks me talking points. Oh, what do you mean about that? Tell me more. That's what I'm doing. I'm leading someone to their own healing. And if you've been in a session with me, then you know that you're being led to your own healing. It's not about taking notes and analysing. Judgment and discernment are completely different things. I can hold the space for someone. And and pretty much nine times out of ten, there'll be an aha that they'll have on their own because of that discernment. So I really want to be clear about that. Notes isn't being analytical. We're only We're only beginners. And sometimes I used to feel uncomfortable that I'd think, oh, God, where now? Where to now? I don't know. So that's just a little, like a little thing there on the side that if, if, if you don't know where to go and you're just beginning, then there's something there. Um, but mine was about being triggered because um, the last, I've had a couple of triggers. I, we talked about this the other day, Jennifer, but perhaps I'd like you to, I would like you to um, give your your um, take on maybe a time you were triggered and what you did or how it was for you in the beginning when you um, when clients began triggering you and then you're like whoa because 
<clears throat> I was triggered uh, a couple of weeks ago, almost a couple of weeks ago with a client and um, I've discerned not to see her anymore at the moment. It feels right for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but she was one of my most reliable clients, dependable, reliable, every clockwork. Um, but there were some things in there that I felt were not, that that's that's the thing i that's that's the for me i was triggered so i couldn't see clearly even a few days later i still felt i could not see her anymore as a client i let her know even though i'm a five so it would have it would have taken me a month to tell her really i could have gone for weeks and weeks and then decided to tell her but i felt i should do the right thing and let let her know because she's a client um and I still feel that way now. I don't. I, I've done my forgiveness work on it. And also, when I'm in session with someone, I'm I'm also hearing a story. They're coming to me in a story, and they're telling me their story, and I'm looking for self forgiveness in it. In a way, that the, the story is obviously throwing up easy places for me to discern that oh, there's no there's self forgiveness needed in this area. There's self forgive. I can hear the I can hear the guilt or the blame or the shame. So that's another. But for here in um, done the self forgiveness, I think on on it, and um, at some point we we do have to discern what's best for ourselves as well. I oh, guess. Yeah. 100%. Um, so that that's the, the getting out of judgment, making sure I'm not judging her and thinking, no, no, this shouldn't be happening because you could look at it that way. Like sh- this, this is not something I really want to <clears throat> be with. So, um, yeah, triggers, judgment, discernment around a client when, yeah. I, can't, I mean, really, if we were Jesus, we could sit with every single person, but we're not Jesus. But, you know, here's the thing is sitting with every single person, that's not something that Jesus would do mm-hmm. necessarily. Um, and there's different kinds of triggers. I think it's really good you're talking about this, Kelly. I understand also what you mean uh, about making the notes. Um, and so, for instance, when I started out with clients... Uh, I had multiple different triggers that would occur in a session. I would have, you know, one of the common triggers I'd have was, um, and I talk about this in the intensive, you know, where I would feel like I have no idea how to help this person. I'm way in over my depth with this person, you know, and I'd go to the help me, Jesus, help me, Jesus inside, you know, and that that's definitely being triggered. There's no question. Um, but then over, t- a t- you know, multiple experiences of that and every time spirit in- gave me what was needed to help the client, uh, then I, I didn't get triggered by feeling that my life experience, my, my, knowledge did not or my the information I had was inadequate I could just sit with the person and be that open vessel and I I learned that that is the thing that is most helpful and that's because I was triggered I couldn't do that 
I, I totally understand. I yeah. could not be. I could not be attacked. I couldn't be. I couldn't discern. And right. I couldn't hear. And I couldn't. Yeah. I, I was just shut down. Right. And I needed to get away, and I couldn't because I was in a session. I was in the first right. twenty minutes. I was right. like, "Oh my god, I want to get away and run away." Um, yeah. So, so that's that's that was the problem. It was. Yeah. So in that, I have not had that kind of a situation, but here's what I would recommend. Um, so if you're feeling that you can hold it together to um, be able to bring the session to a close without... really telling your client much um and and you know you might need to say um something like um please forgive me i've just realized something that i uh i must take care of right now and i know we're in this session i know that this is very unusual but with your kindness, I'd like to say, could we reschedule for another time? And um, I, 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 you know, I truly am a- asking for your your support in this. And I, I, I haven't done this before. I just feel it's the I can't give you my full attention, and you absolutely deserve that. But I'm distracted by something that's happening here that has not to do with you. And uh, I'd like to take care of that. So let me contact you later and let me say a prayer right now. And I think most people would be gracious and let us out of the session. Um, and then if they if they didn't, you could say, well, this is what I'm offering you now. And I'm sorry, it doesn't work for you. It really has nothing to do with you, but I must go take care of this. And I'd like to be able to pray before we close because I think the prayer would be medicinal for everybody so that's one way to go but if you think you can hold it together to bring the session to a close and then maybe later contact the client and say listen I I had a distraction that was going on and so I would like to gift you a session or something like that and I realize you're saying you don't feel you can see this client right now and so I'll get to that in a minute but if you you could say so I'd like to gift you another session because I felt like I wasn't 100% there for you and that I have that commitment to you and to me that I'm going to be there so um, let's make another session so that would be another option that you could do and if uh, now I have been in sessions uh, it used to be I would be in sessions where I would think, I'd literally be sitting there thinking, oh my God, that is the stupidest thing. I can't believe. Oh my God, how could they do that? What an idiot. I mean, I, I these were like involuntary thoughts. And then I, of course, I would immediately realize, oh my God, I'm sitting with this client. I, I, I am to be the Christ sitting with the Christ and I just thought of them as an idiot and a moron and how stupid that was. And so I'm, I would just start praying for myself internally while doing my best to to listen to them. 
simultaneously. <clears throat> and so a method of doing that, because that was common for me in the beginning, that I would have to pray for myself during the session. So I would pray for myself by making affirmative statements. My mind is the mind of God. All attachments are released and dissolved now. I live as the Christ. I, I am here with the Christ as the Christ. I would just gently say these things to myself as I'm listening to my client because I, I, I have the capacity to listen and talk at the same time and uh, think things as most people do. We can listen and think things at the same time. So I would do that until I came back into my heart, into my right mind. And again, that was a frequent experience. And that's why I talk about it in the intensive, about praying for yourself during the session. Make sure you're prayed up before the session. You know, you're really in a prayerful space before you begin. And life is happening. Life is happening, you know, uh, Children suddenly, you know, they come home from school and they're sick and they're throwing up and maybe you have to cancel that session at the very last minute. You know, sometimes if you can't really be present to them, then do them the courtesy of just explaining, I, I can't, this is happening, I can't do the session right now, I'm so, so sorry, and um, reschedule because better to do that. Um, now... Does anybody have some other kinds of situations they've been in that uh, are, are different than what I've described? Anybody you can just wave if you have one. Yeah, so we are going to have experiences of judging our clients. Um, I, I don't have much of that anymore. I notice things, you know, I notice, well, that doesn't seem like a very loving thing that they did, or that doesn't seem like that was well thought out, but it's not judging them for it. It's not thinking that they're stupid or that they were bad or wrong or any of that, but just noticing, oh, there's a lack of of insight there. There's a lack of paying attention there. There's some other motivation is superseding their their natural intelligence and just noticing that kind of thing. That's different than judging. Um, yeah. It was just a really complex situation. And should that ever arise with any of us, is there like a protocol? Like, should we get a hold of Arba or should we get a hold of somebody that has a little more? I mean, it was completely uh, uh, really complex situation that wasn't held very professional and the spiritual counseling community call that was held was calling people narcissists it was really kind of crazy i mean it was really an unprofessional situation all the way around unfortunate really um you definitely but, let me know yeah i think it should have uh arba i think and really everybody's trying to be loving everybody's trying to be forgiving of course everybody's trying to hold everybody in love and that really is needs to be the final outcome really but yes it's an unfortunate situation 
and everybody gets triggered. Everybody gets triggered. We take responsibility for our triggers, our actions. We take responsibility for our choices, our decisions, our words, our thoughts. We take responsibility for everything because that, that responsibility is our way out of hell. It's, it's the only way out is to take responsibility without judgment and to recognize that we are the dreamer of the dream. And that's the only way out of feeling guilty and ashamed and bad and wrong and thinking that others are bad and wrong. So, and everybody gets triggered. I don't get triggered that much anymore, but I still get triggered every day in little ways every day in little ways and every now and then I get triggered in a, a bigger way um, so it's just it's letting us know there's a landmine buried in our consciousness that is ripe for healing it's not a bad thing it's a blessing it's how we handle the trigger and everybody is different in how they handle triggers. And we're all uh, 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 moving into spiritual maturity in, in, in different ways. And we all have different histories of trauma and abuse and from this lifetime and other lifetimes. And You know, we have different karma with different people. And that plays into things. Very much so. Very much so. Think of the people who trigger you most. Uh, they're, they're usually not random people. They're people that we are closer to and we have a strong connection with. And, you know, it can be something that feels like a special hate versus a special love and sometimes people that we're drawn to very strongly um, with great admiration affection and sometimes sexual attraction and things like that then they become the most repulsive people to us on the planet and we trigger into a deep hatred we see that and a lot of marriages and special relationships. Um, so these these are the, the things that happen in life. And so our work is not to judge it. And however, uh, don't yeah, don't don't keep these things from me, from Arba or even, you know, go to, if you feel more comfortable, maybe with Linda or Angela, somebody on the team who you feel close to and comfortable with, you know, for sure reach out. And um, then we can bring it to the light because that's our job is to do that together to me. To me, it's an old paradigm that um, someone... You know, uh, people behave uh, in unexpected ways 
It's unexpected for them too. You know, someone gets triggered. It's unexpected for them. They're they're not planning for that. It's it's um it, you know especially in spiritual community when people get triggered, um, and the spiritual teachers get triggered. Um, like um it can be so upsetting it can be so disappointing i remember one time at agape i had somebody come up to me and said jennifer can i talk with you for a minute and i said sure and they said so i had this experience where i was in this um meeting or I guess just best to call it a meeting with a couple two other practitioners and they were shouting at each other they were swearing at each other and calling each other names and things like that and I feel so upset having witnessed that these two practitioners they're part of the ecclesiastical body of this church part of the hierarchy and they're speaking to each other that way they're so angry and shouting in the church building at each other i i just like i don't know what to do with that i'm overwhelmed and so i and i just said yeah well they're practitioners are people too and they're having a human experience and they get triggered just like everybody else and they're doing their best and our job is to pray for them and know the truth for them and not to be swayed from the truth by what their personality is going through in the moment. I said, but I can totally understand why that would be upsetting. That would be upsetting. You know, I, I definitely uh, had people come to me with stories of ministers having total meltdowns and screaming fits. And it's like, yeah, that is upsetting. That is upsetting. And I, 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 I understand that. And so that's something to get counseling for. And uh, I'm, I'm open to talking with people about that. But in some communities, the thing would be to make the person who had the meltdown wrong and bad, to maybe shun them, to, to punish them in some way. And that's not our way. Our way is to embrace people. And no one has to embrace someone that they feel triggered by. No one has to actually sit with them or talk with them or do anything that they feel uncomfortable with. Uh, but we can still pray for that person. Definitely pray for them. Definitely pray for them. And pray for yourself to see the truth and know why why is this my experience why is this my experience why am i the one that is in this experience how is this helpful to me if everything works together for good and there are no exceptions where is my good in this? Where is my colleague's good in this? How can I recognize the good for all of us in this? 
because this work takes courage and it takes courage to um, sit with a client or to to even run into a client again who um, maybe had a difficult experience with us. I, I've, I've had that. Um, I've, I've definitely had clients come to me in the past who were not, not really available for healing. They're looking for, uh, some people are looking for validation of their belief that no one can help them. And I've, I've had clients like that. And, um, some people do that they go from one person to another person to another to another to another and they never really get to build a rapport or know that counselor they're just looking for someone who can heal them and it doesn't work that way it doesn't work that way at all no one can heal us but ourselves but people can support our healing in profound ways that make it so much easier for us to heal and that's what we're training ourselves to be able to offer to our clients but it is my responsibility to uh, assist in these situations and to make decisions about what to do that's that's what I get paid the big bucks for so that's my responsibility so the thing is to come to me and I know nobody wants to come to me and say you know you know little whiny complaints right but and so but if it's uh but it's so so bring things to to Arba and other members of the staff and then they can uh, talk with me about it and because um, we all know too that uh, some people are like I used to be a constant fault finder constant fault finder constant just like oh can I just get a, a, a five to ten second break from the fault finding and so uh, and we don't want to energize that but if we can be helpful it can be something to can be brought up here and we can talk about it here so I, I obviously I'm going to follow up with this and we'll um, we'll bring all the assistance that we can and Here's the other thing, too, is when I was in the training as a prayer practitioner, this kind of stuff was kept hidden, you know, as though, you know, like we don't want everybody to know that somebody got triggered. We don't want anybody to know that I got triggered or I had a, a session where I um, judged my client. Those, you know, things were like oh no let's pretend it's not really happening and i'm i'm not for that i'm for let's bring everything to the light let's get rid of anything that anybody could be ashamed about let's get rid of all the judgments and if we get rid of all the judgments then we can just bring love to every situation and love is the healer yeah I, I, um, now I, we've got other people raising their hands here and I can take some extra time, 
But let's see here what Sue, and it's nice to see you, Sue. Glad you're here. Nice to be here. Sorry, that's my, the hounds of the Baskervilles behind me. Um, I I was just going to say, um, you know, I don't have a lot of experience at, at all in spiritual counseling. That's why I'm in this program. <laughs> but uh, I do have experience in being a coach in the corporate world um, and uh, some transformational coaching I did. Um, and and uh, I was just taking some notes of the things that I feel like I would like to work on. Um, and I know it from being a coach, a coach in the other kind of world, that deep listening. So somehow doing some clearing work before I begin and really being in a place where I'm, I'm empty. So I can take in the, you know, the client's energy. And I'm one of those, I think like you, Jennifer, I'm, I'm always feeling people's energy. Um, And I, but I have to almost get myself ready to be available and listening, meaning I kind of have to get my energy in a place where I can do that. But the other thing I wanted to mention as a note for me is um, about um, the definition of progress for the client or someone I'm working with. Um, You know, not my definition, I think, because I may have some other idea of what it means for this person to succeed or getting in the right place um it's really trusting their judgment their empowerment i think they know their spirit knows where they need to be i'm i'm a i'm a channel to help them get there i think is how i would look at it but i have to be mindful of that because part of me wants to always have a scorecard (laughs) and uh so i want to be careful about that even with my own life Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that Jesus talks about in the course is about you you know when things are improving because of how you feel. Because of how you feel. And we know that our thoughts are the determiners of how we feel. What is it we're thinking? But how we are aware that our thoughts are helpful or unhelpful is how we feel. It's not an intellectual thing. Like if you're feeling buoyant and happy and peaceful and harmonious and open and receptive and available, then there's no question your thoughts are going to be uh, harmonious and more aligned with truth than not. But if we're feeling agitated, if we're feeling... um, sad, if we're feeling frightened or worried or lost or um, apathetic and things like that, then our thoughts are not in alignment with truth. So, um, but clients may not understand the correlation between their thoughts and their feelings. Because when I first started doing this work uh, with A Course in Miracles students, uh, I found that uh, many course people that I was working with had been studying the course for, I I was, you know, I I started studying the course in 2006. And uh, and, um, folks were coming to me who'd been studying the course for years, sometimes 25 years. 
and they would say to me, I never thought about living the course the way you're talking about. And I used to think, what have you been doing for 25 years? Like, seriously, what exactly have you been doing for 25 years that you're not thinking about living it this way? And, but I, I, I realized that there are a lot of Course in Miracles students who have been studying it for a long time that do not understand what forgiveness is. They don't. And they do not understand that their thoughts are what is something they're choosing or that their thoughts are the determiners of how they feel and that they actually choose their feelings by choosing their thoughts. They, they, don't, they don't yet grasp that, even though they can tell you it's a dream it's all a dream that that's not their experience so prepping for a counseling session sue is to really be clear what is your intention what is your aspiration your intention your goal for that session <clears throat> and for me it's for the truth to be revealed and for that which is false to become no longer interesting or valuable to release attachments to and so releasing attachments is releasing cravings aversions addictive compulsive tendencies and temptations and for the truth to be revealed in both of our minds so clearly that we have a dynamic energetic shift that is permanent healing and transformation and that whatever the issue the client brought to me it will it will never recur in the same way again because there has been a permanent healing back to the root that is what i intend and i pray to be the perfect person to support that in happening for them and for me. So praying like that at a time, intending that, knowing that I don't have to make anything happen. There's nothing for me to make happen. I am there to represent the one who sent me. So I would encourage everybody to know that truly helpful prayer backwards and forwards that if I woke you up in the middle of the night and say what does it mean to be truly helpful that you could just boom give it to me you know it with all your heart and that you're walking in the world being truly helpful that that is a goal that will transform your life so it doesn't matter if you're not there yet that's what you're aspiring to I, I wasn't there for years when I first began counseling not not really a hundred percent because I didn't always feel that um, I don't have to know what to say or what to do. I was worried about what to say or what to do. But then I, be, I was taught, oh, no, you don't have to worry, honey, you don't. And then I was like, okay, cool. I can just let spirit have this. And then I could do that in other situations in my life. You know, with my family, with my sweethearts, with my friends and, you know, whatever, ex-boyfriends, whatever it was, all the time. I like that. That's very different than what I was 
what I was thinking. I love that. <laughs> it means I just have to be. I don't have That's to. That's right. Love yeah, that. be, be still and know I am God. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Amanda, you had your hand up, and I see you took it down, and Tammy's got her hand up. Mine was, I answered my own question. I was seeing my client as not being able to get through it, but that, so she is already healed. <laughs> yes. And it's the, uh, the illusion is that she's not. Yeah. Everything she needs is within her. And there's nothing more to add. We're not adding things to clients. We're not giving things to clients. We're helping clients let go. Because that's what this whole world is about. It's about letting go of what we think is true, but is actually false. So we're helping people to let go of misperceptions and projections and clinging to the false identity the illusions and delusions that's it a hundred percent because the core christedness is already there there's nothing to add to that it's just letting go of everything that covers it up in our awareness which is great it just makes it so much easier Like I think of when I first started out as a counselor and I thought, you know, I don't have money to advertise. I don't have marketing skills. I don't have this. I don't have that. I was totally focused on what I didn't have. And it was like all day long I was looking at what I didn't have, what I didn't have, what I didn't have. So I was feeling this tightness in my my belly, my my third chakra, just like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't have what it takes, I don't know, I don't know. I was totally focused on that. And then when I, I flipped the switch and I went, no, everything is within me and my job is to just ex reveal it, let it be revealed. I don't have to know how to let it be revealed, I just have to be intentional on it. And everything began to shift for me. And that, I say, is the, the greatest marketing principle of all time is, uh, if I be lifted up, I draw all unto me. So the more I focus on that, the more the, the people who I can support are drawn to me. Tammy, did you want to like to... Jennifer, you know what I was going to say, forget about my question, but you sort of, that's exactly what I sort of wanted to ask you. So it's for me, um, moving away from the attack, not really moving, but attaching my, detaching myself from the spiritual practice and really trying to have a spiritual life, right? And a part of it is, so I send out a weekly newsletter for, you know, a group of people that I sort of support. And I want to move away from the attachment of, okay, I have to send it out every single Sunday or every Monday morning, because I don't want that sort of, uh -oh. I don't want to uh -oh. maybe have my, the uh -oh. people that I support so much rely 
on me. I'm not sure if that's really what I want or dependent on me. Um, so I want to know if it's okay that when I feel just called or I feel like, like I don't want to make up something to write about to send this newsletter out. I want it to be so organic. I want it to be something that I actually feel, right? And so if not, so let's say Monday morning, I do not feel it. Like I feel like I judge myself for not sending it out, not supporting um, my little community that I'm trying to build. So I just wanted you to talk a little bit about that sort of attachment to have our clients uh, depending on us. Sorry, honey. Sorry. I'll tell you. Yeah, that's uh, definitely do not foster a client's dependency ever, ever, because uh, that's codependency. And that is going to um, it's it's not going to be good for anybody. And um You are in this process, as I am too, of releasing all judgments that we have, and they come in the form of, I should do this, right, rather than I'd like to do this. Now, obviously, I write inspiration, and I send it out every day. Uh, And I have been doing that for, I don't know, since 2007, but I've, I've been doing it not every day, but a very regular basis since 1998, early 1998. So decades of sending out inspiration. And my spiritual practice is in that writing. And here's how I do it. Yeah, I know people have to go. It's fine. Um, here's how I do it. I just say, Spirit, what did I learn recently that I could share? And then I just write about what I've learned recently that I have some juice for because it's it's interesting to me. I've just, you know, it could be a little refinement on something I've known for a long time um, or just something that was brought up to me again by my life experience. And that's what I do. Sometimes I write longer or sometimes it's shorter. And sometimes I recycle things and rewrite them or embellish them or edit them. And um, for me, there is a thing of the consistency. People tell me that it means a lot to them that I'm consistent. And um, But I, for me to write, uh, most of my blogs I can write in 15 minutes. So it's not a major effort to me. It's very easy for me. Um, And it's not easy for everybody. So uh, I would say just get rid of those shoulds and write something when you feel inspired. That's more valuable to your clients. Because if you write things that aren't so inspiring, that are kind of derivative of other people's stuff, and you're thinking from that should place, then your what you are sharing will become less dynamic, and people will be like, "I don't need to get this newsletter anymore. I can, I, you know, no, why bother reading this? This is not very valuable." So, um, better to send, I think, something that feels like it's got some real juice. 
And, you know, it doesn't have to be inspirational all the time. Sometimes I send a cookie recipe or, you know, some other thing that just like I had this experience and I realized, oh, you know what? I I was able to be patient through that whole thing. That's a big win for me. I'm going to share that, you know. Or I got really challenged there, and it was because I was thinking this should be different, and I could share that, that I learned that. So having the humility to, you know, it's just not always like the this incredible genius, brilliant thing. It can just be, you know, this is life, my life, my experience. That's what I'm sharing. Thank you, Jennifer. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, we, you know, it's the ego that wants it to be all the time in this particular way. And, and sometimes I do think, do I need to send a, a blog tomorrow? Do I need to? And then it's like, oh, yeah, I can write about that. Okay, I'll do that. So, all right, I would like to share one thing that to me is very important, and that is do not out your clients. Do not out your clients. I've said this in other classes over the years, and I'd just like to say it again to the folks who are new do not out your clients. What does that mean? It, it means that if you're in a class, a Masterful Living class or a self-love class or one of the Power of Love classes or you're in a class that Lisa Natoli or somebody else is teaching, that you do not say, um, oh, well, Nancy, who's my client, said, you know, or like, no, you are not telling people who your clients are, or um, saying um, uh, now it, it's kind it's different here within this class because we know each other are our clients, but still do not talk about your clients with um, you know if you need to if you need to have a confidential conversation about something that's going on with a client uh come to come to me to arba maybe to to linda or to angela but um i wouldn't take that into a session with one of the other counselors in training like if it, 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 it it's if you're gonna if you're gonna name that client or describe that client in a way that that counselor would say, oh, that's so and so in year one. Oh, I know who that is. I, I remember when I was in the training, one of my teachers, who was also a counselor, as they all were, um, I was in a. a, a, a not in a session, but I was in a small group. I think we were just having lunch or something. And one of our classmates, uh, uh, we brought up the topic of one of our classmates who had a very thick accent, not from the United States, and who spoke very fast, like blah, 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 very fast. And it was really challenging to understand them. And somebody was saying, um, 
oh my God, I just can't understand what they're saying half the time. I have to say, can you slow down? Can you say that again? I just can't make out through the accent and the, the, the fast talking. And the counselor, the teacher who was having lunch with the students said, you think that's bad? Imagine how I feel when I'm counseling them. And so I just was like, oh, remind me never to go to that counselor. And I had done a session with that counselor because I like to do sessions with all my teachers and see what I could learn from them as having them as my counselor. And I had a session with that counselor already. And I was just like, yeah, not not for me, not my counselor. One session is plenty. Um, so once I had that experience at the lunch, I was like, this is why that person is not my counselor. So, um, yeah, um, because you are in class with your clients sometimes. Yeah. And so, but don't out them, don't out them to each other. And, um, and I have talked about even recently, uh, I know when I first started counseling people, some of my clients would say, Hey, I'm going to have a party, my birthday party or something. Or I'm going to have a baby shower. I'm going to have whatever at my house. I'd really like you to come. And I would go to things like that. But people would, at the party, they would say, how do you know, Lisa? And I'd say, um, oh, uh, gee, we've known each other for years. We've been friends for years. I would just say something like that. Oh, we've been friends for years. And I would try to dodge the question. But if Lisa came over, put her arm around me and said... This is Jennifer. She's my spiritual counselor. And then they go, oh, that's fine. That's no problem. She's outing herself as my client. I am not saying that's how. So that's that's just how I um, I operate from that. It's it's um, it's confidentiality. So Dina, and then we'll wrap. Okay. So I've been around a while and. I found sometimes I find sharing what I really think in these kind of situations to be, I'm not always sure I should. Right. Cause I'm, I'm more interested in being supportive. Right. So one of the things that I believe is that you listen to all these calls and you have your ear to the ground, maybe you don't do it immediately so that you'll pick up on things if something is out of place or out of step and you'll address it. Is that correct? Like we don't really need to be in a flurry to um, resolve, unless it's immediately triggering, it's critical and we need to go do something about it. That's an excellent question, Dina. So, um, I would say yes and no to that because interpretation is different. I might interpret things differently than somebody else did. And so I might see, oh, this is something that's resolving itself. I don't need to do anything about this. 
but people might be experiencing it as in a different way and I might not be recognizing that this is the tip of an iceberg or something like that. And so I would say if you're feeling an iceberg and nobody seems to be picking up on that, then it, it's incumbent upon you to speak up and bring it to uh, my attention. And sometimes I'm behind in listening to community calls. Like right now, I'm definitely behind because I, I'm, I'm looking to just take some space right now. And I have a lot of other work to do right now. I, um, I get to do the taxes and the bookkeeping and things like that. And uh, that's, you know, and so I'm really focused on doing all kinds of admin work right now and so i'm just kind of take taking a step back from s some of the other things that i will pick up again in another 10 days or so so that i can get these things done so you know definitely um definitely bring things up so i'm really really glad you asked that yeah and araba sorry um just quickly, my impression was, I know you said that you listened to all of the Masterful Living community calls, but I wasn't sure that ever, uh, these as well were part of your regular listening. But I just want to say for the record that um, I was not at that community call. And my impression from the comments after that call was that all that sharing was helpful. Um, and so it is important. So I'm very glad to hear that people were sharing that there's more to that because from what I saw in the WhatsApp group and some of the comments that I did not have a clear sense that there was more to look at. Uh, but I am aware now and because I listened to the call myself this morning. And that was last week's call? Last Monday. Yeah. Last Monday. Okay. Yeah. Very glad that these these topics came up uh, today. Very glad. And uh, we are a dynamic group that is healing together and bringing th things to the light. And, um, and you know, um, I... The folks who've been doing this for a while, like Dina, like Araba, like Linda, like Angela, um, you have healed so much, so much. To me, like you are like different people than when I first knew you. You are. Your personalities are very different than they were. You, I mean, your 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 essence and everything is still exactly as it was. But the way your personalities operate is very different from what it was when I first met you and got to know you. And this is true for all of us doing this work. And doing this work is a fast track to healing and is going to bring your shit up. It is going to do that for you. And so we need to be able to hold on to each other. We do. We need to hold on to each other and know the truth for each other. And to me, that is what makes this a sacred profession and a sacred community. That, yes, and each one of us has shit that is being brought up. 
It's just that is the truth of it. And so no one is exempt from that. I am not exempt from that. And do not expect me to be exempt from that. Do not expect that. That is not going to help you if you expect that. But if you see my stuff coming up, help me with it. I don't mind anybody bringing up anything to me. I don't. Because I always see that as you love me enough to help me. And we, if the only way we can help each other and bring stuff up is if we do it without judgment. And if I still have judgment about something, I can go to somebody and say, okay, I still have judgment about this, but I, I would like to see if we can talk about this and this will help me release my judgments and we can have a healing. So being upfront about I'm I'm judging this situation and I need help with that so together we can bring this to the light. But if you don't feel ready to talk with somebody about something, do not talk with them about it. You know, if you need a a third person there, that's fine. That's 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 normal. That's normal. You know, we're not supposed to know everything already. I sure don't. I'm learning things all the time. It's not a week that goes by that I don't refine my learning. Thank God. That's what makes it so dynamic and interesting. It's it's never boring. And and we do it with love, so much love. And we love more fully and more completely when we can see that people have stuff and we can love them through it. And uh, that's how we want to live our lives. Thank you. That's really, really helpful advice. Thank you. Yeah. All right. More to come. More to come. And if we need to have an, uh, another meeting, if I need to go to a community call, we turn that into another class, we can totally do that at any time. We really, really can. As long as the community call is not at the same time as another class that I have. So just know that too. Yeah. Because I think the Monday call is at the same time as Masterful Living. It's close to that, or it used to be? It used to be. It's okay. now at 5 p.m. Okay. So. Yeah. All right. Let's pray. Thank you, Araba. Thank you, Dina. Thank you, everyone. Oh, my goodness. We are so blessed. We are so blessed to live in a spiritual community that is omnipresent, omnipotent, and that is practicing non-judgment and compassion where we don't have to hide. We don't have to live in fear of, of our, our, our stuff coming up. So grateful that we are already perfect and we are willing to recognize that the perfection is intact. It's already there. We're grateful. We're thankful for our healing. And what I know is that we are sharing the healing with everyone because we are one with them. So we're sharing with every client, with every counselor, with all members of this community and the world. We are blessed and we are a blessing. In gratitude, we let it be. And so it is. Amen. 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 I love you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Mwah. Bye Thank for you, now. Jennifer. Bye, everyone. Thanks, Jennifer. Thank you, everyone.